Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of commercial-free five-yard rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Phones to silent, doors to cross-check, hold on to your hats. This is Five Yard Rush, your fantasy football podcast, with your hosts, Stocks, Sparky, Murph, and Nick. Hi, Rush Nation. Murph here. Going to have just me today calling an audible at the line of scrimmage. Chris is uh, having a lovely, uh, sunny vacation away with his family, and he was doing everything he could to jump on for this, but a few things have got in the way, and he's not able to. And we did have a guest lined up, but unfortunately, as what happens with your dealing with really top guests is they sometimes get a bit busy and unfortunately weren't able to uh, make it on. Uh, Hopefully we'll get them in soon and uh, have a catch up. So instead I'm going to continue our series on uh, fantasy implications from the NFL draft and look at the skill positions on offense uh, and give you a bit of a breakdown as to each player and go through um, where they should be projected to go based on some mock drafts and some actual drafts that we've been doing recently, just to give you a bit of a heads up and some uh, steer as to where you can get these guys. Before we do that, as we sort of teased on Twitter, uh, we are opening up our listener leagues. Now, for all you guys that have been loyal since uh, the off-season and the very, very beginning, we're giving you guys the the first uh, entry on these. 
They're completely free to play. Uh, we're going to have at the moment, there's four leagues. There's 44 spots available. Uh, we are going to have a fifth league. That will either be a Superflex PPR league or, or an auction league. Uh, that's to be seen. We will get that sorted ASAP. But for all you listeners who tune in every week faithfully and, and follow and are part of Rush Nation, we are giving you the opportunity to join one of our listener leagues. It's one spot per person, per listener, uh, until further notice and then if we've still got some vacancies then we'll open up a uh, a second way for you to enter a second league with regards to the leagues themselves we have four different leagues as i said set up they're standard scoring half point ppr full point ppr and then also a super flex idp league for those of you that have never done it and have always wanted to but couldn't get enough players all of them are 12 team leagues we'll be looking to draft these uh, probably around Uh, end of June, July time, giving you plenty of time to get ready for it as well. If you want one of these spots in one of these leagues, you need to contact us via either a DM or a tweet, Um, preferably a DM, because we would like to know, uh, obviously, who it is and get some details from you. And so I can then share out the link to the league. You need to tech or DM us the word uh, fantasy domination. You can also send us a direct message on Facebook, uh, DM on Twitter is best, also a dm on instagram any of those channels we're at five yard rush uh, you guys probably know that by now uh, but for those of you maybe tuning in for the first or second time and didn't know that and want to join in our leagues you know you have the opportunity to do that it's going to be completely exclusive to our listeners and we're only going to really mention how to join the leagues in our shows over the next two weeks uh, so like i said one spot per person so you dm us on any of the channels mentioned facebook instagram twitter at five yard rush with the term fantasy domination and which of those leagues you want to be set up in, or if you'd like to be on the waiting list uh, for the fifth league, which will either be an auction or a super flex league. Okay, so without further ado, we're going to go into the ranking or the fantasy implications of the rest of the NFL draft. Well, we're going to do rounds three and four today, and then we'll wrap up everything else uh, later on. So starting off with the third round, and the first skill position taken in the third round was Deontay Thompson wide receiver who went to Pittsburgh and he's a really really interesting selection for them now I would start off by saying that if Johnson wasn't drafted by the Steelers uh, I probably would be avoiding him uh, for the most part most players like him uh, they get drafted by other teams very often do become a bust talking small school slightly undersized and at the end of the day, he's not exactly the quickest player. He does run really good routes and he does ex- execute plays really, really well. But because most teams don't really know how to use a receiver like this well, it would t- normally be a concern. But the fact he's landed on the, the Steelers, that should automatically be a big tick. Uh, not to mention there's space there where he could potentially become a slot receiver. Now, I think he can probably take sl- uh, slot receptions away from Juju and they'll force Juju back into his more familiar role. But last year, Johnson in the Mac conference he uh, caught 49 balls for 761 yards and eight tds which is a regression of 500 yards and five tds from the year before so he's had a couple of years of pretty good uh, production even though the conference is um, not really all that elite but he is definitely nfl ready and at the end of the day he has got some speed and ability well he's got some ability to catch and uh, has shown some great yards after after catch skills they don't forget that the last time he took really a sort of small, uh, slightly on the small side, small school kid, 
who was probably undervalued and unwanted in this draft. Um, they turned him into a pro bowler and they made him one of the very best in the game. And that was Antonio Brown, by the way. So we're talking about a future Hall of Famer. So if anyone's going to fulfill Johnson's potential, it is going to be the Steelers. And I'm not saying that Johnson is going to be Antonio Brown, but even if they get 75, 80% of Brown's numbers out of him, then sign me up. Uh, Johnson's going to be available in at least the second round of rookie drafts and around the 11th to 15th round of dynasty draft startups and similar in redraft. I mean, at the moment, the way you've got to look at him is he's going to be sort of a wide receiver five, wide receiver six. So he's definitely a player that's worth consideration. I wouldn't really say uh, redraft. He's, I mean, he might be worth a small value add, but I wouldn't necessarily be thinking to pick him up too much. But definitely for a dynasty startup, that 11th to 15th round is a good place to, to be picking picking him up. I do think he is going to contribute this season. I just don't think it's going to be like really eye-startling numbers. He's probably worth a late-round flyer if you do want to take a chance and back on that. Moving on to uh, the very next pick in the draft, and it was Jalen Hurd to the 49ers. He's definitely the most interesting prospect in this class. The guy started his college career with Tennessee in the SEC as a running back. As a freshman, he rushed for 899 yards off 190 attempts, an average of 4.7 yards per attempt and five TDs, before being the bell cow in Tennessee in 2015 with 1,285 yards off 277 attempts with an average of 4.6 yards per attempt and 12 TDs. But uh, his junior year was hampered with just seven games, um, but he still put up another 451 yards and three uh, TDs. And it was then before he decided to... Uh, sit out a year and transfer to Baylor, which means he had the but the extra year of university. His university career was for five years, but you don't get to play uh, during that fourth year. It was from here that he switched to a wide receiver. And uh, despite being really raw with little knowledge of the position, he still caught 69 passes for 946 yards and four TDs. And he also rushed in three. So he's very much a Swiss Army knife of a player. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's already talking about him potentially becoming a tight end as well. So this guy's going to fill a lot of holes. Um, the big gains, you know, in his game are yards after the catch. He has really long strides and really good feet and really good hands. Uh, he does need work on technique and roots because it's not a position he knows particularly well. And he is raw, but he has so much upside for his size and, and, and lack of experience of the position. He's going to get a lot of action. It's just in terms of how much of that's going to be productive and how much of that's going to be learning. And they did use significant draft capital on this guy. So um, I expect her to maybe go in the third round of rookie drafts. Uh, and around the 12th to 15th round range of, of dynasty drafts, maybe even a little later than that, I wouldn't be redrafting. Uh, I wouldn't be drafting him in a redraft uh, at this stage. But it's still something to to really keep an eye on. He's going to be a very interesting prospect, and definitely keep your ears close to the ground on him because we'll find out more. Is he really going to line up as a tight end? Is he going to be a wide receiver? Is he going to be a Swiss Army player and, and do a little bit of everything? 69th pick in the draft saw Josh Oliver tight end go to Jacksonville. Uh, he was a player that came out of high school really um, with not great um, high prospects, really. A two-star uh, high school recruit, and uh, he only really had one year of production. He's a pretty difficult player to project. I mean, he only caught 56 passes for 709 yards, which actually is decent numbers for a tight end of four touchdowns. Uh, it does show he's progressing. Uh, he's getting better and better as he's getting that experience but he has all the athletic traits to be a successful NFL player. He is raw, um, especially when it comes to blocking in the running game. But the real benefit is the landing spot. The only guy in front of him on the depth chart, if you can say he's in front of him, is Jeff Swain. And he only got a a $1.25 million guaranteed uh, signing contract um, with Jacksonville. So he can compete for the, the starting job day one. 
Um, and that's really why it's the tight end four in this class. Again, talent is is one thing, but opportunity there. Um, and that's why he was the fourth tight end taken off the board. And that's why he's going to be one worth considering here. Um, he's going to be a late round uh, rookie draft pick, probably mid to late third, fourth round. Uh, he's a 14th and 18th round dynasty startup pick. But I don't think he's really worth an ad in redraft unless you've completely just uh, left the position cold and just decide to take a fly on one of these rookies doing something. But uh, I wouldn't really consider him there. Now, a really interesting pick here was the 70th pick. And the Rams traded up to get Daryl Henderson. Um, it's a real surprise, but it gives you a real uh, key indicator as perhaps the health of of Todd Gurley long term. So the fact that the Rams have invested one of their very early picks in this draft uh, to take a running back in, in Daryl Henderson, it does say that there's some concerns with with Todd Gurley, especially as earlier in the offseason they matched the tender offer for Malcolm Brown, which was worth a second round pick. So they are really investing in a backfield behind Gurley. Henderson had a really terrific year in 2018 where he rushed for 214 times for 1,909 yards and 22 rushing touchdowns, as well as also also adding 295 yards in the air and three more touching to, uh, touchdowns in the air. He's proven he can carry the workload. He does struggle with pass protection, but in every chance now, he has the opportunity to be a success in the NFL. So I don't think he's been brought in to replace Gurley straight away. I think this is showing the beginning of the end of Gurley. I still expect Gurley to be the guy at least this year, maybe even potentially next year. But it does show that with those injury concerns that they've got, they want to invest in the backfield behind him so they don't miss a step. They don't want to get into the situation they had last year, which, okay, they picked up CJ Anderson. It worked out pretty well, but they want to have guys who know the scheme. Based on this, for me, Henderson is going to be a late, first round and, and from what I'm seeing late first round to the beginning of second round on, on rookie drafts and he's going in rounds 8 to 12 in a dynasty startup uh, although potentially can be going uh, sooner especially with uh, those girly earners taking girly in the mid first round of a dynasty startup um, he's also going around uh, sort of 10 to 13 in redraft I you know I don't necessarily say that's um, great again unless you're handcuffing him and you've got Gurley then that makes sense I think if otherwise I think you're not going to see a lot of production in a redraft league out of Henderson until Gurley goes down another running back that's going to be very high on the radars of people is with the 73rd pick David Montgomery went to Chicago it's a real blow for anyone that had any shares of Mike Davis which I know Stocks and I definitely did uh, we saw that move there and thought it was going to be a brilliant move for fantasy um, it has come you know, it's a bit of a surprise that they invested in that high in a running back. But it does show that now after they've got rid of Howard, they want to invest in someone who's going to take the lion's share of targets. And I think Montgomery is going to fill that. He comes into the NFL with two very, very similar years in production. So it shows consistency. He had, you know, literally just one rushing attempt uh, less in his senior year than he did in his junior year. And the difference between the two years in rushing was only 70 yards. So uh, he did 1,146 uh, 1, in his junior year and 1,216 in his senior year. He got 11 touchdowns his junior year, 13 touchdowns in his senior year. So he has power, speed. He's a really good pass protector. Uh, he will see the field immediately day one. He's going to have a lot of opportunity here, at least a, a couple of hundred attempts, I would expect. Um, and the opportunity and talent equation here is very strong. He's definitely someone um, that will be taken in the mid-first round, probably looking at about the 104, maybe even the 103 in rookie draft um, picks. And also on top of that, um, he's going to be taken anywhere from rounds four to eight in dynasty startups and anywhere from rounds five to eight 
in redraft leagues um, could potentially go higher than that, depending on how soon a lot of these people like rookie running backs and they produce very quickly. So nothing that's going to stop them from taking him. Um, Obviously, the things to be aware of is, you know, as much as there'll be many attempts, you know, they do like to run very you know, interesting schemes, Matt Nagy, and they do have Tariq Cohen there or take a share, and they have signed Mike Davis, which he's not going to be the true one there. Obviously, he's the three, but he will take carries and potentially even goal line carries. So something to keep an eye on and, and worth sort of weighing up that risk and reward when you're thinking about taking him. 74th pick saw Devin Singletary go to Buffalo. Um, again, really hard player to judge. Um, it's mainly due to where he played ball. He played in in Conference USA, which is not a division that many high-caliber recruits come out of. And the competition that he played against every week probably isn't the greatest. His junior year, however, saw an incredible 301 carries, 1,918 yards, and what was an even more incredible 32 touchdowns. He followed this up in his senior year with 261 carries, 1,348 yards, and 22 touchdowns. It's really difficult to to judge how he's going to do that based on this this landing spot as well. It's a very crowded backfield uh, year one. You've got TJ Yeldon now on a two-year deal. You've got Shady McCoy, who potentially is one foot out the door. And you've got Frank Gore there, the evergreen, who just never seems to retire. Great for Singletree to learn from, but I don't think he's going to have a huge impact at the very beginning of year one. He might come through camp in the first few games and explode, similar to what David Johnson did in his rookie years, but you're kind of gambling at this point. So at the moment, I would say Singletary is probably a late second, maybe a third round rookie draft pick and he's a 10th to 14th round dynasty startup pick and he's a very late flyer and redraft at best really just gambling and hoping that he sees the field and shows some of the the, the burst and speed that he demonstrated uh, in college the 75th pick saw jay sternberger win the lottery here by going to green bay and receiving balls from future hall of famer aaron Rodgers. i personally found sternberger very difficult to evaluate his 2015 to 2017 uh, years were at Kansas and then he sat out for a year before moving to transfer uh, to Texas A&M and as a result of his two years I mean he yielded one catch for five yards in two years so not really a lot to judge and then he sits out his junior year meaning that his 2018 final year and only real year to look at it was great I mean 48 touch uh, 48 grabs for 832 yards and 10 touchdowns he does have really good hands and uh, can block he will need some improvement in that area he does well in all aspects of the passing game though so if he gets uh, last year's prediction uh, production um, and it translates into the NFL well he will be the third you know a third round rookie draft pick and 12th to 15th round dynasty startup pick and he's worth a tight end two in your fantasy redraft this year with some upside. I know Jimmy Graham is still there, but I think it's very clear to see he's not going to see the field too much. Sternberg is going to be a tall, you know, a solid uh, tight end. I think he's going to be a top 20 tight end this year. So definitely in those tight end premiums, he's, he's well worth a flyer. He's going to have some value in, in all formats, um, but people will draft him. So don't be shocked. I wouldn't, if you really like the player and you're a big fan, I wouldn't wait and, and sleep on him try and take him with a late pick. We've given you the, the ranges there where he's likely to go. Now, the 76th pick was uh, Terry McLaurin. Now, I'll be honest, McLaurin wasn't really on my radar until the Senior Bowl. His, se- his season numbers didn't really you know, flatter much. 35 receptions, 700 yards, and 11 TDs. I mean, it shows great efficiency and great averages, but the real question is why only 35 receptions? And it's really simple because his catching ability leaves a lot to be desired doesn't extend his hands enough and his catch radius isn't brilliant. This will need some improvement if he's to be a solid wide receiver too in the NFL. 
However, the landing spot for McLaurin is great for him, and he will be hooking up with Dwayne Haskins, who he hooked up with in college. Uh, as a result, he's going to be a third-round rookie draft pick. Um, he's worth a pick maybe after the 10th round in a dynasty startup, but I doubt he's really going to hold much value in redraft this year. However, if you are a true firm McLaurin and you think that that um, partnership being already tailor-made and ready is going to uh, lead to fruition, then, then draft him late. But don't be surprised if he goes undrafted in redraft this year. The 86th pick saw Cahill Waring. Again, another tight end. He went to Houston. Really tough to evaluate. I mean, he missed most of 2016 with a foot injury. When he came back, he didn't really set the stat lines on fire either. Last season, he saw 31 catches for 372 yards and three touchdowns. But he is six foot five. He's 252 pounds and has incredible hand strength uh, and speed for a guy his size. He was shooting up people's mock draft boards, but think this range of pick and the team of selecting him is about spot on. He wouldn't shock me if he came if he became a stud, and it wouldn't shock me if he became a bust. He's a pure upside talent guy, third round rookie draft pick at best, and you could probably grab him in the 18th to 20th round of dynasty startups. If you don't draft him in redraft, um, I doubt he's going to be getting all the targets there, even though there has been some injuries to the tight ends in Houston already. But I think he's going to need some real time to adjust and get to grips with the NFL. So don't expect him to be going too quickly. The 87th pick saw Damien Harris go to New England. The Robin to Joshua Jacobs, Batman. Together, these two ruled the SEC and were one game away from retaining the national title for Alabama before Clemson absolutely destroyed him in the national championship game. The best thing when it comes to evaluating Harris is his remarkable consistency. He averaged 144 carries per season in his last three years with Bama, with a low being 135 and a high being 150. He averaged 971 yards over these three years, with a high in 2016 of 1,037 and a low in 2018 of 876. If you can recall the number of defensive players being drafted from SEC schools this year, that explains a slight drop-off in under 10 yards per game this season. He rushed for 1,000 in 2017 and played 15 games in 2018. However, one area he excelled in is rushing touchdowns. He had 11 in 2017 and 9 in 2018. Very efficient for a split backfield. This move by New England shows that Sony Michelle is not going to be the three-down back. And I can see Harris coming in to share the workload, similar to the role he had in Alabama. It's the perfect role for him to be a 1A instead of a bell cow. Expect him to compete for touches, but for Belichick not to rush him. He has good hands and can be a receiving threat. Harris holds more value if you draft or hold Michelle. Otherwise, he might be a bit touchdown or bust this season, especially until we see what happens with him. Draft him in the late second to third round of rookie drafts in rounds 13 to 16 of Dynasty's drafts, especially if you have Michelle. And personally, I wouldn't draft him in, in redraft unless I owned Michelle. Don't be surprised if he goes undrafted in redraft. 93rd pick saw one of my favorite receivers in this class. Uh, land in a horrible spot, which is Miles Boykin going to Baltimore. He's a really fun prospect and player. There are two things that really come to mind when I think of Boykin, and both aren't positive. First, he's coming from Notre Dame, uh, a school hardly famed for their aerial attack, and that he's also going to the Ravens, as I mentioned. I made this point really clear when he talked about Hollywood Brown last week, uh, or two weeks ago even. It's not a dynamic, uh, dynamite landing spot. And, you know, as my mother would say, if you've got nothing positive to say, don't say anything at all. Boykin tested in the 98th percentile in both the broad and vertical jump at the NFL Combine and has incredible hands. Last year, which was his only noteworthy year of production, he made 59 catches for 872 yards and eight touchdowns, which, given the fact he's coming from uh, Notre Dame, is not bad at all. In fact, Notre Dame is a fair comparison uh, to Baltimore, so he should slot straight in. 
He'll be the X for the Ravens, but the one area he must improve is his route running. He will also need to improve uh, his contested catch rate. He has the hands and the strength, but his positioning is a little off, making him lose uh, lose more than he wins in those contested catches. Add in the inaccurate quarterback still learning his trade, and it will be interesting opportunity to see if Boykin can succeed. I'd personally back him too, but he has all the tools. And it's going to be a bumpy year one, but I do expect him to really pull through in future years. He's a second round rookie draft edition right now as it stands, and will go in the 12th to 18th round range in startup dynasty drafts. I wouldn't personally take him in redraft this year, but like any rookie, he could show a flash or two. The 96th pick saw Dawson Knox be drafted here. This guy could literally be anything in the NFL. He could break out as the next George Kittle, or he could flame out the league and be playing CFL or XFL ball in no time. How am I expected to evaluate a guy with 39 career catches and only 15 coming last year for 605 yards and no touchdowns? I cannot really tell you what kind of player he's going to be. He has great hands and speed, but it's yet to produce. Tyler Croft will be the number one in Buffalo this season. Knox is a, is a real gamble here, and I wouldn't draft him before the 18th round in a dynasty draft, and I'd personally avoid him for one of the higher drafted tight ends in this rookie draft. He shouldn't be even considered to be drafted in redraft. Now, Getting on to pick 100 is a quarterback favorite of mine, which is Will Greer. He was a massive faller in this draft. He was seen as the second rounder, and he falls into the third round uh, and very late at that. Greer has a lot of upside and potential and was compared a lot in the process to Ryan Fitzpatrick. I know that doesn't inspire a lot of confidence, but Fitz's career has spread for so long and so far, so how could you knock it? In truth, the landing spot for Greer is horrible. He will never usurp Cam Newton former league MVP. I was also really impressed with Carl Allen last year, the number two in Carolina uh, when he played last year. So I think Greer is a backup, not only for this year, but for the next few years and should go undrafted in all fantasy formats. Moving on to the 102nd pick. And this is a really interesting prospect. It's Alexander Matteson. It was a fantastic value pick by the Minnesota Vikings, uh, whose team you want to run the ball more. Yes, you have Dalvin Cook uh, as your lead back, but you such durability issues, as we've talked about over and over again on this pod. You really need talent behind him. They let Murray go to New Orleans and replace him with Abdullah, who didn't inspire any confidence despite all the opportunities in Detroit. Therefore, for Madison is a solid addition. He isn't the greatest guy, but he has great balance and breaks through the tackles well. He can make a guy miss, and he also has solid hands and can be used well in the passing game. Last year at Boise State, he rushed 302 times for 1,415 yards and 17 touchdowns, up from 12 in 2017. He knows how to find holes and where to get to. I can see him being a useful addition. However, as a fantasy prospect, he might not hold the same value straight away. I would handcuff Cook with Madison for sure, as the Vikings will run the ball a lot. Don't forget they fired their defensive coordinator last year, or offensive coordinator, sorry, last year because of the fact they didn't run the ball more. So Madison is a third round rookie draft pick. I've seen him go sometimes in the late second, so just be wary of that. He's a 16th to 20 round dynasty starter pick. Uh, he's not worth a whole lot of draft, draft capital and redraft unless you, you're holding Cook and you need him as a handcuff, in which case absolutely take him just to give yourself the assurances because I think Minnesota are going to be Uh, running the ball there an awful lot this year that covers everything in the third round so we'll move to the fourth round now and the first pick of the fourth round saw Hakeem Butler who many people had mocked in the first round uh, fall here to Arizona and the draft analysts as I said were taking him as the first wide receiver off the ball and to slip all the way to the fourth round is probably slightly beyond anybody's expectations his combine numbers weren't outstanding however we don't think that's why he fell despite very good numbers last year 
of 60 receptions for 1,318 yards and nine touchdowns. He showed on tape that he's very much a developmental pick with good upside, but nothing for sure in his skill set that gives you the full confidence to draft him as a wide receiver one. Butler has the potential to be a decent ex-receiver in the NFL. However, it will take some time to get there. Also, he has some real competition now um, for that to get into that role in Arizona because you've still got Larry Fitz holding that role and then you've got Christian Kirk and there'll be others drafted, uh, others that were drafted later that will also provide competition. Butler's going to get on the field year one, but I don't see him being a solid year one producer. He should be considered in the third round of rookie drafts, and he should be not considered until the 16th round in dynasty startups, and he shouldn't be considered at all in redraft leagues this year. And Ryan Finley was taken as the quarterback, back up to Andy Dalton, and maybe to even provide competition. And on the night of the draft, rap sheet said that Ryan Finley blew the doors off on his visit and was great at reciting and reteaching plays and schemes back to the coaching staff. Finley had a consistent numbers in the ACC the last couple of years with you know throwing for just under 4,000 yards last year with a completion percentage of 67.4% and a career-high 25 touchdowns. But he also threw a career-high 11 interceptions last year. Finley, despite these numbers, is going to be a career backup, and I cannot see that changing, so should go should go on draft in all formats. Maybe as a super flex, if you're really desperate and you hold Andy Dalton, you should take him as your backup. But again, that's a desperation play at the very least. The 112th pick in the draft saw Bryce Love be drafted. In 2017, there was talk of Love coming out of school after a season where he rushed for 263 times for 2,118 yards and 19 touchdowns. On those numbers, he would have been a second round, maybe even a third round pick. There was a ton of buzz around him. However, Love decided to come back for his senior year. This turned out not to be a good move for him and his career, as for the second time in three years, he got a serious injury. In 2016, it was a serious ankle injury, and the last year he tore his ACL. These durability issues and nature of the injuries led him to sliding into the fourth round. Then the other issue is his landing spot. He's going to be the third back in Washington this year behind Geis and Peterson. This means in 2019, while Love continues to recover from his ACL, he won't see a lot of time. He's worth a late third round gamble in rookie drafts as Peterson won't be there forever. However, he isn't worth drafting before the 20th round in dynasty startups and he should definitely not be considered in redraft leagues. The 113th pick saw Justice Hill go to Baltimore. It's another player that with an injury caused a slide. He suffered a season-ending rib injury that caused him to only produce 158 carries in 10 games for 930 yards and nine touchdowns. In his previous two seasons, he started as a freshman and sophomore in the Big 12 and rushed for 1,142 yards in 2016 and 1,467 yards in 2017, both with a 5.5 yard per carry average. He ended up with 31 college touchdowns, which isn't too shabby. But however, sometimes he can be a bit greedy and improve his own stat line as opposed to getting the necessary yards for the team. He needs to massively improve on short yardage and mixing up his routes and change his approaches. However, he does land in a decent spot with a run first offense. And he will be the three behind Ingram and Edwards. He would hold some value but need to displace one of them to be fantasy efficient. Hill is at the moment going in rounds 14 to 16 in dynasty startups at the end of the second round, beginning of third round of rookie drafts, and should be going undrafted in all redraft leagues this season. Now, Gary Jennings is definitely one of my sleepers in this draft. Uh, he's versatile and after a great year in the slot with 97 receptions and 1,096 yards, but only one touchdown, he did move to the outside and ended up with 54 receptions for 917 yards and 13 touchdowns. And now he's on the Seahawks roster without Baldwin or any real competition. 
we would expect Jennings to be in the slot. However, there has been murmurs that Tyler Lockett's going to see more time in the slot, which could also mean he moves outside. But there's also talk he could be getting a lot of receptions, Jennings, in the old Baldwin, in the old Baldwin role, um, and he'll get plenty of production there if he does play. The biggest worry with him getting TDs early, that's going to be the biggest concern, but he's definitely going to be a solid, solid fantasy producer for the first few years. The funny thing is the majority of the fantasy community are really sleeping on Jennings. So you can get him pretty late everywhere. In many leagues, he's going drafted in all formats. His ADP is very, very, very low, i.e. undrafted. You should get Jennings wherever you like, but watch out for people who listen to our podcast or others that are perhaps a little bit more savvy who are going to take him as a flyer. Take him late and be proud as we expect him to produce. Of all the fourth-round guys and later, he's the safest floor. Definitely going to get a lot of yards um, and very little competition. He's going to get a lot of playing time. Again, like I said, it's just touchdown dependent, but definitely try and grab the guy and just be one step ahead of the game because we know others might take him, especially if uh, they're savvy and do their homework. 122nd picks for Benny Snell. Go to Pittsburgh. He's a diversive and contradictory back, and that's probably the best way to describe him. Very diversive player. Uh, On the plus side, Three years of very good production from an SEC school, which is always a, a bonus. Uh, three 1,000-plus yard seasons with a college average of almost 1,300 a year, with an average of 5.3 yards per carry and 48 career touchdowns. However, where he, where he has great vision and power, he just doesn't have that initial burst and, he, and those are real elusive traits to make him a complete back. If he has a great offensive line and great blocking, he can produce, and he currently has that in Pittsburgh which has the necessary ingredients for him to produce. But there he will be the three in the short term. So he's going to get very little time in 2019 unless there are injuries, meaning he is going to be undraftable in redraft. However, he is a solid third-round rookie draft pick. Uh, sometimes you'll be seeing him in the second. And someone that you can nab in the 16th to 20 round, uh, 20th round range of dynasty startups. He's a ton of upside due to his landing spot. But had he landed in a place like Tampa, for example, where his route to production would have been much shorter, he would have been much higher. He's definitely going to struggle to produce, um, but he is going to be able to eventually see some time, especially with injuries, and we'll see what happens. But he's also going to be a bit of a gamble because, as we've seen in the past, very talented players get stuck in the three and never progress through and just end up uh, being a sort of a purgatory back. Now, the 126th pick saw Riley Ridley go to Chicago. And one year after his brother got drafted, it was the turn of Riley to be drafted. He's not the athlete or talent that Calvin is. So there's no surprise that he was drafted in the 126th pick instead of going much higher. However, having said that, he does display a lot of positive attributes on tape and doesn't appear does appear to have all the tools of a solid complementary receiver. We say appear because he never displayed it in the college game due to scheme and better talent on the roster. His final year of college, his junior year, saw just 43 receptions for 559 yards, but he did get nine touchdowns. His previous two years, he failed to break the 250-yard mark. The Bears are known for trick plays, and this is the formation where he might thrive. It's a crowded receiver core in a heavy in a run-heavy offense, but there might be some signs that Ridley will make it. However, like most of these players getting drafted in this range, expect year one to be very minimal. Ridley's going to be going in the fourth to fifth round of rookie drafts and shouldn't be drafted before the 22nd round of dynasty drafts, if at all, and he's certainly not to be touched in redraft. The 128th picks will Tony Pollard go to uh, the Cowboys. Pollard is a very difficult prospect to evaluate. His biggest strength is also why he's difficult to evaluate. His three years with Memphis, he had more kicking return yards than rushing yards. And that is what his primary role is going to be in the NFL. He's a backup RB who will be used he'll be used to give a bell cow a rest like a Zeke, but will only be on special teams more often than not. 
So occasionally he'll come in to, to just give Zeke one or two sort of rest of plays, but he won't be getting a lot of carries. He might be able to forge a career as a gadget player like a Curtis Samuel with jet sweeps and wheel routes. It's just going to be really hard to see how he's going to be a consistent performer in the NFL, especially with Zeke in front of him. So Pollard is not to be owned except for the very deep 16 to 20 sort of man uh, team leagues. And other than that, just pass on him. I just don't, you know, it's not a knock on his talent. It's the landing spot, but also very difficult to produce. But there are some fantasy analysts that are very, very high on him and feel that he can produce. But I just think with Zeke there, I can't see where he's going to get any time or production at all. The 133rd pick of this draft, saw Jarrett Stidham uh, be drafted, and he was the sixth quarterback drafted in this class, and one who didn't, you know, he didn't really have a terrible college career. His biggest problem is he likes to pass from the pocket and he'd take his time uh, and just pass away. When all this is set up for him, he can throw pretty footballs and make plays look really great. However, he isn't the most mobile or quickest QB. Being drafted by New England doesn't really help him either. He isn't going to be taught by Belichick or Brady, so it's a case of seeing if he has any chance of producing at the elite level. The smart money says he does not, meaning he should go undrafted in all formats and will probably never be a fantasy football pick again, except in any league um, that his cousin or his mother is playing in. The final pick of the fourth round, the final pick I'm going to go through uh, on this podcast is Foster Maru. Uh, the tight end has absolutely no fantasy football value. Um, so at the end of the day, his uh, junior and senior years were vertically identical. His junior year, 12 games, 24 receptions, 278 yards, and three TDs. Uh, his senior year, 10 games, 22 receptions for 270 yards, uh, 272 yards and two TDs. He's predominantly used for short yardage and also for additional blocking. Unfortunately for fantasy football fans, it's in the pass blocking that will be his role in the NFL. He'll be a tight end two, tight end three on the Ra- on the Raiders roster and shouldn't be considered a fantasy viable pick and he should not be drafted in any of the draft. I hope this has given you some real insight into uh, the players that are going to be drafted or that have been drafted and are going to be in your uh, rookie drafts and hopefully you can see what you've got um, going there and, and, and have a look at, you know, do some mock drafts. Uh, ask some friends who are doing some rookie drafts if you're in those sort of dynasty leagues to find out what's been going on and see if, if all of this information marries up because from what we're seeing, that's that's where it is now. The other thing I would say is things change very quickly. Um, you'll start to get some injuries now that might force these positions to change. These are correct as of, you know, the 21st of May 2019. So injuries will, will change these. Um, we'll continue to create some rankings in June on our website and continue to update where they should go. But we will also do another segment on um, the deep sleepers, the, the players drafted in rounds five to seven and give you a breakdown of all, not necessarily all those players because there was a lot of players drafted there that probably aren't going to ever really see some value, but some players that we're going to evaluate and uh, give you some brief on. We'll also update the notes from the article and um, that I've basically read from and, and go through all of those with you. Uh, there has been some breaking news um, whilst they've been on the pod going through this, and that's that the Buccaneers uh, are going to be signing Ndamukong Sue. Don't forget yesterday they released Gerald McCoy, number 93, which is obviously a, a big thing. But the cap numbers we've been talking about for ages has always been prohibitive and therefore was always likely to happen. So be interesting to see what uh, Sue's cap number would be, probably be somewhere around the 8 to 10 million mark, I would expect, but they haven't released that yet. They're still finalizing the deal. But that's some breaking news that's come through as we've been on the pod. Please do interact um, with us. We'd love to get your uh, feedback. We've been sending out some of the draft notes via Twitter um, as well, just to share and get some interest. It's it's caused some controversy, um, some of the picks, especially TJ Hawkinson, um, which, you know, is great. We'd love to debate where we're thinking from and 
and especially if the arguments are there it'd be great to to see what people are thinking and maybe even to change our mind as well but please do get in touch in all the usual places please do leave us a review we're on 40 itunes reviews so i think 39 or 40 itunes reviews uh which is great but we really want to push for 50 and when we get to 50 we'll announce uh, a very special competition with a giveaway so please do get those it itunes reviews in you know we've had some incredible guests over the last few weeks we're sorry we haven't bought you one this week we tried everything to to get a stellar one and you never know if he pops up available uh, we might try and make that happen and, and get it recorded but um for this week i think this is just going to be the plan the the one pod that we do but hope you enjoyed it and look forward to uh speaking to you all next week where we have rich king and we're going to be doing a mock draft and we have another incredible fancy football analyst on one of the guys who i listen to very regularly he's brilliant insight so if you're just getting into the game or you a massive fan for years of the game he's a guy you might know and if you don't know you should do tune in next week for for all of that but in the meantime uh, rush nation thank you so much and keep rushing Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.